Hello, welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host Jolene, and I have with me today Goose. Goose, would you like to say hello to the audience? Uh, hi. And, um, I guess we'll, we'll start with our traditional question. Goose, how would you describe your gender? I've been thinking about this question a lot. Um, I, so, like, socially, like, at work, um, to most people, I'm just, like, a man, um, sometimes an out-trans man, sometimes a cis man. Um, I am a trans man, like, technically, but you know how it is. Um, and... I would say more personally or like, you know, to people that I'm like talking to my gender a lot about talking about my gender too. Um I've self-described as like trans first and a man second, as um a boy who's a girl who's a boy who's a girl who's a boy. Um and as a faggot, like a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Um I mean, none of those are, uh, those are all genders that are well-trod on the show, um, which is excellent. You're here today to um, talk with us a little bit about your writing. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I guess, how would you describe, what What do you write about? Um. Well, so I write a lot of things, mostly fan fiction, the vast majority of which is fan fiction, um, mostly porn. Um, like smut, I guess you would say. Um, but what I'm here to talk about today um, is a forced masculinization that I write, which is basically stories about um, girls turning into boys, or I have one that's like a trans man getting like further, further um, masculinized, basically by a bunch of werewolves. Um, so yeah, basically, ev- think about forced feminization, just the opposite of that. Right, and that's a, I feel like it's a sort of, um, I don't know, it's it's an interesting thing that, that forced feminization has um, kind of such such a cultural presence in a way that forced masculinization doesn't, um, and I guess maybe we're going to talk about that um, a little bit. I read, I read three of your forced masculinization stories. I did not read the werewolf one, um, but I read the... Well, it, it's there's there's one that's like um, just someone who's like a person who's roommates with a trans man and who like sneaks into his room and is like trying on his clothes and then is caught and injected with some hyper testosterone <laughs> sex changing serum. <laughs> there's like one with like a student at an all boys school who's like. It's it's it kind of well, so it's interesting, right? Like I say that like forced femi- forced masculinization doesn't have the same kind of cultural cachet as forced feminization, but it feels like there is like a kind of um, maybe there is that maybe there is an analog that we're just not really sort of um, as used to thinking about in the same way. Uh, in specifically like the story, right, where you're talking about the you know this character who is undercover as a who is not undercover, who is attending this all-boys school despite being a girl, quote-unquote, and who um, be, is, is forcibly masculine, masculinized when, um, when, when they're caught out, when he's caught out. And, I mean, the, the sort of, the, the second half of that is it doesn't really have any kind of cultural 
um, cache. But the first half of that, the sort of idea of, you know, these um, of women, women having to bind their breasts and cut their hair short in order to like find work and support their family or something like that. That's like a very kind of like um, grokable sort of like cultural, um, that's like a kind of, I don't know, like a meme or something. Like that's something that like we recognize, right? In like history and in storytelling. It's a trope. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, I was just going to, I guess, I, I don't know. It's, I've talked about, I've talked about forced feminization on the show a couple times, right? And it always sort of like, you know, there's like references to like, I don't know. You see like sort of like weird, like kind of pseudo forced feminization stuff in like children's media, right? Where it's like the the boy is kidnapped by the girls and they, you know, put him in a dress and do his makeup. And it's it's so terrible for him, um, usually. But, and, and that sort of, you know, th- those sort of become like a kind of fixation point for um, a lot of the people I've talked to about forced feminization. Were those kinds of stories that I'm just sort of like calling out as an analog? Um, were those something that you personally found yourself like connecting with a lot at some point in your life or? They absolutely were actually. Um, I mean, I don't know that I even knew about myself enough about myself that it was something I like knew to seek out, but I remember, um, I mean, you know, obviously she's the man, um, and going a little further back, um, did you ever read like the Alana books by Tamora Pierce? Um, they're about like a girl who has to disguise herself as a boy to become a knight. No, I've um, never heard of those even. Yeah, so that so that disguise lasts for I think three books. It might just be two. Um, but she, it's like a plot point that keeps coming up is like, oh, the boys are all like bathing. What's she gonna do? And she has to like hide herself. Um, so that was obviously very formative. Um, and then beyond that, um, I just want to give a shout out to the book, The Shakespeare Stealer, which also has a girl disguised as a boy in it. Um, just, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it was like, I don't know that I would have known at the time, like, cause it was, it was something I would like read over and over, but it wasn't something I was seeking out. Um, so I don't know exactly how formative that stuff was for me, but I know it like made a pretty big impression whenever a woman was had to disguise herself as a man or girl had to disguise herself as a boy for any reason okay yeah and so i I don't know i mean yeah like tell tell me a little bit more about that i don't know like was that how how did you sort of i mean you're saying right you didn't really like kind of have like a lot of self-knowledge i guess like when you're young it's kind of easy to just sort of you know gloss over these things um or I don't know, just like kind of be like, huh, that was weird and, and just kind of go on with your day and not realize that maybe there's something more going on or that this is going to continue to be a thing. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, if I can talk a little bit about like how I eventually got here, um, like yeah. to my gender or or to the stories, I can I can go in either direction, actually, because like. I'll I'll leave it to you to decide um, how you want to do that. Yeah, well, I guess um, I want to talk a little bit about, like, how I came into myself as a trans man first and then, like, sort of going from there into, like, how I got here. Um, So, first of all, um, I I didn't really 
you know, I, I'm the I'm the typical person saying that they don't have the typical story. Um, that you know, I was I was just a girl growing up because I was like, okay, that's what I am. Like, I'll be a tomboy. Like, that's fine. Um, I um started using like messing around with like they them pronouns in college. Um, nobody really used them for me because I didn't really change my presentation, and we all know what happens when someone uses she they and they don't really change their presentation. Also, I guess just when someone uses she, they in general, I don't know. Um, it's a situation. But um, by the time I was out of college, I was like something was still not right. I was like writing poetry, actually, about like how I felt. And like they, there was this recurring theme of like, I don't like womanhood. I don't want to be a woman. This sucks. Um, and I kind of got there like... Honestly, a lot of it was, like, through coming into contact with other trans people, um, you know, shit like Egg IRL, um, all the things that people run into when they're, like, questioning on the internet. Um, what really got me, honestly, was, like, packing for the first time, um, and also reading a lot of, like, MM, and realizing that I wanted to be one of those guys. Um, I'm bisexual, for the record, but, um... I was like living as a lesbian at, at the time and just kind of like shoving down any feelings I might have for men as compulsory heterosexuality. Um, so that was, anyway, that's about how I got to my gender. Um, and then from there, I started exploring my sexuality as a trans man. And I noticed a lot of people who are interested in trans men are very interested into the idea in very interested in the idea of them as women, this sort of forced femme for trans men, like misgendering kink, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Which I think is something you've probably talked about on here before. Honestly, we haven't talked about it a ton. I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to recall. I think that's one of the things that has somehow eluded me um, on this podcast. It has not eluded me in my actual life. I've, slept with a couple of those men um <laughs> and it's fine it's fine um but um yeah i can't say that we have talked about it a lot um so that's the thing i'll have to correct i need to find a i need to find someone for that yeah i do well, any... um, i do oh, know this, this is just this is just a fun story um i do know a uh a, a stealth post-operative trans woman who has posted on r slash um, FTMs punished or punished FTMs or whatever that subreddit is. My God, um, good for her. <laughs> right? She's doing gender at levels that none of us could have imagined. Um, she's amazing. Sorry. No, that I'm just like, I'm in awe for a second. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. Right? Um, um, yeah. But yeah, so so you, you you were sort of noticing that as a kind of presence amongst. Yeah, and it was like something I would like fuck around with for a bit. Um, but I, like, the more I did it, the more I was like, this isn't quite right. Like, this is like kind of fun, but not really like exactly what I want. And I don't really. It's like you know it's fun to be like forced to do something you don't want to do it's not really fun to like be a girl for me at least i'm not i'm not knocking this like kink it's fine um this is just like how i got to where i got to um and i was like what if it was the opposite what if it was like oh my oh my god like you're obviously 
you're obviously not a woman, you're not a girl, I'm gonna make you a boy against your will. And I just, um, I did seek it out a little bit. Um, there are other people doing this. It's pretty rare, um, but there's a couple other writers in this genre. Um, but so I sought it out a little bit, um, couldn't really find a whole lot of what I was looking for, and then just started writing. Um. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that um, I mean, I, I've definitely seen people mention it before, or talk about it before, or I've actually seen, like, a number of trans women opine, like, the lack of um, forced masculinization for themselves, which um, is not something I quite understand, but uh, to each their own, right? Um, but the, um, yeah, so you... Yes, so, so you just kind of started writing for yourself. And I mean, is this like, did you also start, were you, have you been able to like do this like IRL with people or? Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Um, no, it's just, I mean, a part of it is like a lot of it is based on the physical. Um, like, you know, it's this fantasy of someone like, I mean, I guess I could sexualize my own tea injections. That would be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's I, I feel like it's like the kind of scene that would be hard to role play because like what exactly are you doing like cutting their hair um <laughs> yeah yeah could do that yeah i feel like it's there the, there's a sort of it reminds me a lot of um something that uh on the most recent episode that i've released um my interview with max graves um the 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 clip that I took as the title for the episode. There's nothing that isn't gay, right? There's like a lot of like masculinity is both sort of obviously does have like sort of like artifice and like affectation and stuff like that, but part of it is wrapped up with like kind of denying its own artifice and affectation, and so there's like not a lot that you can really do to like make someone masculine in that like like you said like cutting cutting hair is like a one or you could like sexualize your tea injection those are those are kind of obvious answers um but forcing someone to be a man is not it's hard to think how you would actually do that um <laughs> in like a fun and sexy way um exactly yeah but I mean, the stories that you write, right? Like I said, I read, I read all, I read the, I read the four, or I read of the like sort of four forced masculinization ones that I think you had like linked in your bio or whatever. I read the first, I read three of them. I didn't read the werewolf one. Um, I found them all really interesting. There was like stuff I wanted to talk about from at least, yeah, from each of them. I think there was like the, the thing that I found really interesting and that like jumped out at me was like the, um. The first one where right it's like this this woman who's like roommates with a trans guy and she like sneaks into his room and is like trying on his clothes um and then like he comes home because he forgot something and he's like oh you you like want to be a you want to be a guy like i got i got this i got this covered i i got i got you and um 
injects her with like this serum that's like like I'm snapping my fingers like it's like magical it's like immediate like bodily transformation um and I think I think does that if I'm recalling correctly does that like include like does she grow a penis right so that's the interesting thing um most of these stories that I'm writing they don't um I, i'll usually have them grow a tea dick the werewolf one is actually the only one that i've written so far where someone grows a dick i'm writing one right now where someone grows a dick to kind of correct that i get not correct it but like i've i don't know i've seen people sort of wishing that like there was more fan fiction like that so or more fiction like that rather because i don't write this stuff isn't fan fiction it's original um anyway um but long story short um usually no Okay, so, uh, okay. Well, because the thing that I found really interesting was, um, right, like, the sort of, maybe, I, I guess maybe this is less interesting, given that I was misreading or misunderstanding what was going on, uh, because the um, the trans guy in that story was, like, um, or had had fallow, and, like, that was part of the story. I guess I found it interesting, sort of, this mix of, um, sort of like realistic transition technology and transition experiences with this kind of this like sort of meeting of this kind of this very realistic um or sort of within like the bounds of like what what we understand is possible with like i have this magical serum that i'm going to inject and it's going to cause all these like bodily transformations in like a couple minutes um, I don't know. I guess I was I, I was curious, like I wanted to hear a little bit about like that kind of writing decision and um yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know if that was how you thought if that was how you thought about it also. Like if, if I'm like misunderstanding, go ahead I, and tell me. <laughs> no, I mean I I will say I didn't think of it that way when I was writing. Um I was you know, usually when I put trans guys in my um in like this kind of story it's because i think t for t is really hot um and like it's not really deeper than that um i mean there is something kind of nice about like oh like he's also been through this like he's going to help me through this parentheses including sexually um yeah uh yeah i don't I, like looking back, that is kind of a weird decision that this guy has had this like pretty normal transition, but he's also got this like magical like serum cooked up. Um, and I don't there wasn't really any particular reason for that. And I I, I guess it just sort of. That's just how it ended up. I don't really no, I mean that's fine. <laughs> I'm no, like I'm really trying to make this into like something deeper, like more interesting, and I just can't well, quite like, get there. No, I mean I I'm doing that right. I don't yeah, know. Too. I I thought it was like I thought it was um I thought it was interesting. It was a sort of um I don't know. It felt sort of like um uh, invitational, like a sort of um. I don't know. I feel like the way that these sorts of things, like, um, it felt like it was, it's interesting to sort of like meld fantasy with like possibility. And I feel like that kind of like helps open up possibility and make it kind of more, um, 
I don't know. Like, I like I think a lot about like sort of like when people kind of like take the moment from like, oh, like you know, there's so many. Like, I'm sure that we we both sort of see this, right? There's like so many people that are like, oh, I would you know do this, but um, I don't know. Like 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 with surgery, right? You see it a lot. You see like trans people be like, oh, like I would like it, but I'm just like you know concerned about like quality quote-unquote or like um you know I, I guess whatever you mean like I've seen that with both like uh trans women and trans men um and I feel like usually I don't know like I, I think it's like on one level I'm like there's definitely like reasons to have those concerns there are like surgeons out there that don't do good work and like things like that but oftentimes I find that those people have kind of used that as a way to just like not do any kind of exploration or any kind of thinking or any sort of like it becomes like a thing that sort of shuts down um possibility and i don't know i found like the thing that was interesting there was that like maybe it was like that was like a thing that kind of like could open up possibility and that you're not just sort of like it's not just like about like er eroticizing the like it's about eroticizing the fantastical and the realistic in the same moment, and that that sort of like makes, I don't know, makes that makes the sort of like plausible or the realistic more. Um, that I don't know. Makes, it, it it makes it feel better, maybe, or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, that that makes a lot of sense. And I was just gonna say, I mean, that's always sort of been part of the point of my stories is to give people a chance to. At, at least for like you know the amount of time that they're spending like reading it um and like fantasizing about it to like kind of take the choice out of their hands um and be like you know okay you don't need i know you're like in real life you're like actually deliberating about whether to transition or maybe you're like shoving down your feelings of dysphoria because you don't think you're trans enough which is something that happens a lot um and but you know for this fantasy um, put yourself in the shoes of this person who's like being forced to be a man. They have no choice about it, and like they're getting this silly like injection that's going to permanently change their body immediately. Um, and so I think that in if we're looking at it through that perspective, um, also having this guy there who's like, yeah, I've transitioned like the way that you could actually transition in real life, and I'm like the hot dom of this story is kind of cool i don't know yeah i i thought it was cool <laughs> um yeah no that makes a lot of sense i think um that makes a lot of sense it's like uh um i don't know it's it's yeah yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I I don't know. I appreciated that about it. I guess it was sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I do not have like a forced masculinization kink. It was just sort of reading these is sort of, I guess, like intellectual um, curiosity for me, which, uh, and I mean, that's also like what this podcast is about um, in some respect. But um, I don't know. I mean, I found it interesting and I, I can definitely see it, um, I don't know, doing something for someone. And I hope it does. Um, think it's it's great when trans people uh are trans <laughs> um how do you, but so 
I don't know. Um, I want to talk more about like, uh, I don't know. So, I mean, like a question I've been asking, I've been kind of interviewing a bunch of writers lately. Um, I don't know why that, ha I mean, it just sort of started happening and I was like, okay, let's lean into it. Um, a question that I found was like, sort of like, has your writing practice um, and like reflecting on gender through it had like a kind of effect on the way that you do gender in like a kind of more mundane sense on like a daily level. Um, and I don't know if you have, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's something that you could talk about. I don't know if maybe your other writing, right? Like I know you don't just write forced masculinization, you write other sorts of fan fiction has had that kind of impact. I don't know if you do sort of like deal with, I mean, I assume that you're doing some sort of like M slash M and your other fan fiction, just, I guess, based off of what you've said so far. I don't know if that's maybe presumptuous of me, but. Um... No, it's fine. That is primarily what I write. Um, I I wrote a lot more um, FF um, a while ago, and I feel kind of bad for not writing as much anymore because, you know, no one or less, not no one, many people are writing FF, but many less than are writing MM. And it's like. I feel like I've abandoned my people, but um, I I don't know. MM is good also, and I write a lot of that. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I would say one thing that my writing does for me vis-a-vis -vis my gender is it gives me a chance to like, I guess like explore my feelings and be a little more vulnerable um than I necessarily would in daily life. Um like my and I, I have some like non fic non fan fiction, sometimes nonfiction writing that like delves into this. Um but it just generally gives me a chance to be like, okay, I'm not feeling dysphoria. This character is feeling dysphoria and depending on my, the mood I'm in, like, I'm going to treat them a certain way when they're doing that, or, like, or even, like, um, well, I don't know if I want meta, but, like, why don't I give Patrick from Shit's Creek meta and, like, see how he likes it? I don't know. I feel like I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Um, but I, I guess it's, I just sort of, I like using characters as a way to, like, play with gender in ways that like I might not or to yeah. discuss it in ways I might not as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that fiction is really like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense for um, what fiction can do, can do for us. It's like, um, yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a, it's a practice for exploring. I don't know. I mean, I've been doing that lately too. I've been writing, um, I've been trying to write my own fiction and sort of like dealing with feelings about bodies and um, having to have one and uh, all the things that come along with that. Um, so that's fun. That's good. I don't know. Um, yeah. What um I'm tr I'm trying to think. So what, what were the other two stories? There was the I found the sort of um the sorority story really interesting. Um, 
of yours where it was this uh you know right it sort of starts off with this like girl who's like rushing a sorority and she's like knows that like the sorority is gonna like do something like when she goes to sleep this night she's like they're gonna wake me up and there's gonna be some sort of hazing thing you know that's just like how it goes and then when she does wake up it's like all the girls are like ambushing her like you're so fucking bad at being a girl you should just be a boy instead um and there's this sort of it's like this it's this like fun femdom um what if like a big pack of women just were like you have to be a man now um and then the, and then at the end some like men come in or like okay like let's do gay shit now um i think right there's was that right there was gay shit at the end right there's gay shit at the end it's like bi shit i think kind of the whole time like it just sort of descends into an orgy which like good yeah Um, did you have like a question about that or did you want me to expand or yeah i don't know i just i just wanted you to i don't know talk about it some (laughs) yeah um i so one of the things I want to say is, like, this is the story I thought was going to finally get me canceled, which so far hasn't happened yet. Um, because it's the... it's They've sort of gotten, like, less consensual, I think, as I've gone on. And part of that has been, like, me being more willing to explore that, because I think it's something that people want to read. Um, and I've... I feel pretty justified in saying that, just judging by the comments I've been getting, because um, people do seem to like these. Um, but, like, you know, she, there's just like all this protesting. Like, I'm like, I'm not a boy. Like, please, like, don't do this. And right. it's like, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> not really. Um, I mean, I don't. I've, like, this is the sort of like. Obviously, I don't condone this, but like. God, I wish that were me, you know? Like, I wish I was, like, protesting as these people, like, like, took away my femininity without me having to, like, ask for it. Um, And also, the other thing I like about this one is you mentioned it's a femdom. It's the only one I've written so far um, that's had women. Um, And, like, now that I'm rereading it, it is kind of this, like, parody of like they're so like hyper feminine and yeah it's like extremely yeah (laughs) i and i'll be honest i feel like a lot of that was drawing from um from force femme right like from yeah like oh your your wife came home and she's gonna like make fun of you and make you wear a maid dress yeah Um, and and that's definitely a sort of um a trope in that genre right is the sort of like the femdom as the and and i don't know like the sort of like idea of like initiation too right like it's often like sort of um i feel like with like the force feminization right it's often like a kind of like oh this is like what you have to go through to be like one of us or something like that um and so, so yeah no you're right like it, it is there is like a kind it feels yeah like kind of like not not like satirical in the sense that it's like making fun of it, but it does feel like it's kind of, I guess, like pulling on those tropes into another direction and kind of twisting them because it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like sort of hard to like, I don't know, there, there, there is like the weird asymmetry to um, forced masculinization, right? Where it's like, how do you force someone to be a man? Like the, the sort of like traditional or like the kind of, the general way of thinking about it is that like being a man 
means doing the forcing. So being forced to be a man just feels like you're kind of like, it's kind of like defeating itself. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking again about something that Max Graves said in my interview with him, um, right, which was that uh, sometimes when he's like depressed, he'll like sort of like joke and say that like, transitioning to be in a man is kind of an oxymoron because transitioning requires that you like um deal with like your internal feelings and your kind of like emotions and um what you want and and men aren't really supposed to be reflective about any of that they're just supposed to sort of like exist and and i guess not do that sort of stuff which is not right is is not like strictly true but it's like a sort of feeling that i think um, I can definitely understand why one would feel that way. And I mean, like, as Max said, this is not like a, a, a genuine thing he believes. This is kind of just like a thought pattern he finds himself returning to when he's depressed. Um, but it feels like it's a kind of um, that asymmetry sort of. Um, I don't know. It produces lots of like interesting situations. It produces a lot of like unique kind of like power dynamics. I feel like that was something that. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, reading your stories, it was kind of this, like, I don't know, yeah, these, like, these are sort of, like, feeling, these are sort of, like, situations that I haven't really seen in other places, um, or, like, to the extent that I have, they feel different than they've ever felt in those sorts of places. Um, I don't know if that all makes sense, or I'm rambling, or... Um, what do you mean about feeling different than other places? Like, I guess, like, the sort of, like, like, I don't know, like, I guess the sort of, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm thinking about, like, the, the, the professor-student story, right, um, that is, like, I don't know, I, I guess maybe, maybe that's, maybe that one is more sort of, like, um, it feels weird to call it, like, traditional or something, um, but there's, like, right, it's, like, this, this professor who, like, has sort of caught out this student that, you know, forged paperwork to pass as a boy at a all-boys school, and, um, the professor is like, uh, you know, I caught you, but it's not like a problem. Like I, I'm just going to, you're, you just need to do better at this. Like you need to actually commit, right? Um, and I'm going to teach you how to be a man. Um, and that feels like, I don't know. I guess like the sort of like, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't like read. Maybe I just haven't read these things before. And I mean, that's true. Um, that hasn't. That isn't really like a scenario or uh situation that i've read like a lot of fic fic for or something like that but like i don't know the, it feels like there's something different compared to like this sort of like usual kind of like mentorship um like sexualized mentorship uh stuff but yeah i think i see what you mean um yeah i actually i really i was just thinking about that aspect of that one a little bit earlier because that's like sort of one of the few instances in these that it's like not purely sexual or it's like it's still sexual but it's like you know i'm not just gonna fuck you i'm also going to like make you into a man by like teaching you how to do all of these things and it's a, sort of supposed to like hit you like directly in the daddy issues because like you know i don't know how to like change a car tire i'm 20 i'm a 25 year old man i guess at this point that's kind of on me but you know I there is sort of go ahead uh, I just say I I never learned that. Um, okay. <laughs> um, 
I just feel like there's a lot of, like, in real life, there's a lot of, or there can be a lot of feeling like you're not really prepared for manhood, because, like, you don't fucking know how to do anything, because nobody ever taught you, because you were a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's sort of a pushback against that kind of thing, because, like, here's this, like, father figure who is going to be, like, a complete creep to you, but you kind of are into that, and also is going to, like, teach you how to ride and hunt. Yeah, all this sort of like proper. It's like it's I I I feel like that story. It's, it's it's like set in England. It's very like I don't know British private school vibes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd read the werewolf story. Um, I don't know if you want to like if you want to summar summarize it or something. Um, um, because, because it it sounds really interesting. I just I don't know. It was the one that I skipped over for whatever reason when I read them initially, and then. I meant to go back and reread it, but or and and read it, but I I didn't have time before this interview. That's fine. Um, first of all, um, but but b- b- let me remind me to tell you about like what I'm working on now because I have a couple things in the pipeline. I don't. That's not the right expression. Um, yeah, it is. It is awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, the werewolf story is basically just um, you it's it's actually written in the second person so um you like go to the woods at night on a full moon which you know you're not supposed to do um these werewolves like kind of bite all over you and turn you into a werewolf and you get to join their pack but the process of turning into a werewolf is obviously like growing hair and like you know you're body changes and you you do grow a dick in this one this is the one that i've written so far where you grow a dick is um, it like a wolf dick or no it's i'm not that much of a furry okay. <laughs> i mean <laughs> no it's a human dick i guess that's probably weirder now that i think about it but nah it's that's I, how it works out yeah i feel well i don't know i don't know i've i don't know um <laughs> But I, I yeah I, I I don't know it's 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 it that that just seems like a sort of fiction device thing that often ends up in the wolf area. But um, sorry, continue. You you get you get bitten and that's no that's about the whole story. Um, you get bitten. Um, you turn into a werewolf. Um, it makes you crazy horny. You have like aggressive sex with all of these werewolves. Um, who are, I believe, yeah, they're all men. Um, some of them are trans. Um, there's, I think there's actually a thing where, like, you can grow a dick if you want one, but you can also, like, retract it. Um, you also grow a prostate in this one. God, I should, this is a good one. <laughs> prostate growth. Oh my god. No, that rules. I mean, well, yeah, so, like, when you say like trans werewolves, like, do you mean like they're trans and that they've like gone through something similar to like what the the sort of like the you the you character has, or are they like they were trans men who later became werewolves, or their becoming a man was separate from their transformation? I don't know if that's something that you like signal in the story or not. No, I should have mentioned the protagonist in this one. This is also the only one that um the protagonist is a trans man. Um, oh okay already so it's like it's less of the it's more of the like physical and less of the like oh we're gonna like hold you down and inject you with tea um less of like the sort of okay yeah um 
so it's yeah so so there's like other um i just i yeah i think there's just another guy with a pussy in this one i'm trying to find it um i'm just not sure where because there's several werewolves and they're all very involved with you (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay i see lots of like all caps reading this yeah listen sometimes you just gotta embrace being a little bit corny especially when you're writing smut yeah i've been i've been realizing that it's like you only you run out of good sentences pretty quickly and you gotta (laughs) um no i can i can save you the trouble of reading though i found it it's um it's a so like he has this pussy and he's like approaching and you're like how is he gonna fuck me and his dick grows and you're like oh my god can i do that and that's how you figure out you can grow a dick okay that's cool (laughs) that's interesting right like the sort of um yeah i don't know like the kind of like bi-genital thing or like the kind of yeah like the, the sort of fantasy of being able to like do and use both of these things. I mean, it's not strictly a fantasy, right? Like, there are people that get that done surgically. Um, but it's considerably more difficult um, to get than, like, other um, gender-affirming surgeries. And, um, I don't know, less Actually, common. Actually, I'm not... Just, well, I, I, is that... I mean, that's... That may, is, maybe, maybe for... Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably true for trans femmes. I'm not sure if it's true for trans masks because I feel like it's like relatively common. Or not, yeah, I don't. To get I mean, I don't the... know anyone. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say to like do it like without the the viectomy or whatever. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't um, know. I had. The... Sorry, what did you say? Um, venectomy, and it's short for vaginectomy, I think. Okay. Why did they short? That's weird. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I had I had my own I had a vaginoplasty back in August, and while I was in the hospital, I just like for one of my like forms of like entertainment because I was like in this like weird state where I was sort of like I can't stop thinking about like what is ha- what has happened to me and like what's going on, but it's also like going to like play on my anxieties so i was just like reading a lot about like um like fallow and stuff like that just like i don't know like out of like i said like sort of like intellectual curiosity and um fallow and then also like yeah like sort of like um i don't know other sort of like uh well yeah then like by bi- genital stuff um yeah i mean yeah. oh go ahead Oh no! I was just gonna say I've I've forgotten a lot of that stuff because, as I said, I was in the hospital. I was like high out of my mind the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, either, either high out of my mind or in a lot of pain. It was kind of like, which one do I get today? Um, but sorry, go on. No, I'm sorry. Now I'm thinking about um. I you know what I do want to go on the record with this. Um the day that I got top surgery, um I watched Alien first at four in the morning and then I came home and the first movie I watched afterwards was Titan. And I think those are both great choices. <laughs> oh my goodness. But speaking of forced masculinization, Jesus Christ. I yeah, forgot about Titan. That's like I, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I guess I didn't really yeah, Titan is definitely in that sort of like trope of like woman disguising herself as a boy 
with like a lot of weird stuff then on top of it like pregnancy being pregnant with like a car baby like oh my god i have a fun titan story which is that my girlfriend um was working at this restaurant and she had this coworker that just like kind of showed up in town one day he like moved down here from somewhere else and was like living out of his car and it was like was like would like give like really like kind of weird and like vague reasons as to like why he moved from where he moved and was just like just very strange said he was like cis and and straight but like seemed to have like a lot of knowledge about like queer and trans stuff um but I I met him like once or twice. I only met him once or twice. We talked a little bit. Um, he knew I was trans, but my my when he was like leaving, he <laughs> said to he said to my girlfriend, "Your girlfriend is going to show you a movie one day called Titan. Um, this movie is incredibly important to me, and once you watch it, you will understand me as a person much better." And <laughs> I had not given him any reason to think that I was interested in watching Titan. I was. I, I mentioned it to her like a few days after that, but it's still we never really got an answer as to what he meant by any of that or why he assumed that I would show her Titan. But um I don't know, maybe I just give off those vibes. That's incredible. Um strange boy. He was a strange boy. Tell me about what you're working on now though. Um yeah um so i have the one that is like actually like i can actually say is in the works because i've written like 1500 words of it um is um about um two like adult women who are like really into like yaoi and like meet at a convention um and one of them um like injects the other with this like you know turn into a, a guy instantly serum after forcibly cutting her hair and like being like and it's i i like it a lot because it's got a lot of this like oh like well we've always said it would be like better to be a hot yaoi boy so what's the hold up like let me give me your leg um and then the other one um i haven't gotten very far on yet but i very much am planning to write it um it's sort of a take on the like um like sold to one direction type stories except you're sold to like this emo band and they're all gay so they want you to be a guy so you know the rest sort of follows naturally i, I haven't really gotten there yet is that like a sort of like i, I i'm not familiar with like the sold to one direction genre you are like, not <laughs> no like, oh i'm about to that? I'm about to open up a whole new world for you. There was this whole genre of fan fiction from like the late 2000s, I guess mid 2010s, maybe early, maybe it started earlier, like with the advent of boy bands. I don't really know. But basically the premise was um, your parents, for whatever reason, sell you to One Direction or My Chemical Romance or like whatever band you're into. Um, this is this is always like you, like YN, you know, the second person in the fan fiction. Um, right. And I guess sometimes it's like an original character, or an author insert. But anyway, so you are sold to this band and things happen differently from there, depending on the writer. I actually have read precious few of these. I'm planning to read more and like research, but 
um it's this whole like that's the whole setup is like you are sold to a band and then what they do next is like up to you i think i feel like a lot of the time or not a lot of the time but like sometimes it's like isn't even smut it's just like kind of an escape fantasy where like you get to tour around with your favorite band because these are written by like teenagers um right yeah yeah but um i don't know i just thought it would be funny to do like a riff on that no that that is that is funny it's in the other one is is funny too right as like a sort of i don't know this like interesting sort of meta um right bringing this sort of like i don't know bringing like these kinds of um i don't know i guess i guess it feels like it's it's interesting hmm. you know like with, with with the podcast right like a sort of <laughs> A way that I kind of like come to think about like being trans and transitioning um, is that there's like a lot of like kinds of like ty- like it's I don't know I don't I'm I'm not trying to sort of I guess like I'm I'm trying to kind of like riff on the the typologizing influences of trans people right that we like sort of like you know like the, like the Blanchard shit right like that sort of is maybe like the most kind of uh, popular and like most destructive sort of like typology that we see among trans people. But there's like a lot of others, you know, there's like, like I'm thinking about like the sort of like, um, right, like the sorority boy story, right? That there's like, it feels like that's like kind of like riffing on like this like type of trans guy that like tried really hard at like being a woman and was like, maybe like even like kind of good at it, like did like, you know, femininity well um but obviously like was not it was not working for him um so i don't know i, I guess it's sort of interesting to sort of i mean it's 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 cool and interesting to see you kind of i guess like touring about the different um i don't know the different kind of like narratives that no one really like actually fits into exactly but like you can sort of like notice like patterns and and talk about those patterns um in better and worse ways, I guess maybe the the sort of idea of the podcast is to try to talk about those patterns in a better way by, um, I don't know, not like essentializing them or something like that. Just sort of, you know, I don't know, being honest about them. Yeah, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, those those both sound really cool. I'll be, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to read those when they come out. That sounds interesting. That sounds fun. Um, the I don't know. Yeah, the the sort of like yaoi one is is very interesting. It's sort of I don't know my own sort of like I did my own sort of like journey of like getting into like m slash m only like after I transitioned really like when I was like before I transitioned I couldn't really engage with it um, for some reason despite I don't know believing myself to kind of fit into something like that for for at least a portion of my life. Um, or that like that would be something that would like be appropriate for me but i just i don't know i mean obviously it was because i'm not a man but um it uh i don't know it it it, it, it was it was interesting to sort of like find my own sort of like reasons for enjoying it um which i imagine are probably different from the kind of like you know trans mass yaoi repressor archetype or whatever um or what have you but I mean, yeah. if you think about it, though, like for every 
Transmask, Yaoi Repressor. There's also, like, five, like, women that are just really into, like, watching hot guys make out. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you be? I mean, you know... Who yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't, like, a jab at, like, sexualization or whatever. I hate that shit. Um, that was oh, just, yeah. like... I'm just saying, like, I feel like I understand the appeal for women. Actually... Almost a lot more. It's kind of weird being a guy in like MM spaces because you're sort of few and far between, and most of you are trans. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't know. Say, say more about that. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just I'm in a couple of these like like communities built around like shipping, and they're sort of mostly the archetype. Archetypal, mostly what I'm trying to say is mostly um like women in their thirties. Um, some of them are like bi. Um, some of them are married. Um, but they're just sort of using these ships as like a creative outlet, and you know they are interested in like gay men, which I think is cool. It's like um, I I don't know what exactly the appeal is. You'd have to get Maybe like a <laughs> get, get get a Fujoshi who isn't trans on. I don't know. Um, get a fag. Get a fag hag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's so it's there's like that demographic, and then there's the demographic of like um oh actually most of us are trans mask in this particular shipping community. Um, and those are kind of the two like you don't really see a lot of cis men or trans women actually. Um or at least out trans women um, in, like, at, at least the corners of, like, shipping fandom that I've been in. Um, there's probably... What... what kind of ships are you into? I'm curious. Um, I... I'm So I have, like, a lot of shit going on in my life, so I'm, like, pretty slow to write anything, but, like, in terms of the fandoms I've gotten into, um... I've written for, or I've, like, been in communities for, like, Our Flag Means Death, um, which that's a lot of, like, that's a lot oh, of trans yeah. masks. Um, uh, well, I, I, Jim. I, yeah, I was gonna say, I've I've seen a lot of that. That's that's really interesting that that one kind of took off as much as it did, because I feel like, historically, stuff that is, like, actually, like, textually and explicitly gay, or or trans, even, in, like, the way that our flag means death is does not really like inspire as fervent and as like kind of um well, as, the, uh, like uh, like as much shipping because it's a lot of, or, or like as much like fan fiction but it seems like that one for some reason is bucking that trend yeah i was gonna say like i feel like usually the yearning and the like queer baiting is like way more interesting to make stories with um yeah but our flag means death just managed to do it um so that um merlin which people are still watching and writing about in 2022 which i think is very cool um and then Shit's creek which is quite honestly dying a little bit but it's okay like the people that are still in it are very cool Okay. That's interesting. I haven't really engaged much with Merlin um, or Shit's Creek. I think I watched a few episodes of Shit's Creek. Um, that's interesting. I feel like there's. I feel like there's a lot of. I, I can see like like the characters in that the sort of like archetypes. Um, all feel like sort of like I can see why they would be ripe for like uh, 
shipping or fan fiction or, or and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Like, I I guess like, how do you think about your like your 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 smut writing versus your like non smut writing fan fiction? And I don't know. Like, do they ever inform one another, or are they? Definitely. Um, it's the th thing about like writing good smut is like it need you still need to like have some like your characters still need to make sense and you still need to be like rooting for someone in some way. Um, like it needs to stay interesting, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, it can't. We've all read bad smut. Um, and it's yeah. more than just like the choreography. It's also like the chemistry. Um, I will say. I I find smut a lot easier to write because apparently I'm just good at like that body choreography, I guess you would say. Um that still feels like not quite the right word. The blocking maybe. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't know what else to call it. Um No, it's it's I, I was in marching band growing up and I'm just, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. blocking blocking's a good word for that, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like getting to write like nothing but fight scenes. Like you can just kind of like make sure your language is fine, and then just like put what what's happening where and who's in what position. Yeah, um, that, that doesn't really. I, I guess to speak more to like how it informs my other writing. Um, I mean, I th I think it, I'm just gonna repeat what I said before. That, that like it all kind kind of comes down to character. Um, I'm a lot better at working with character than I am with plot. That's actually one of the reasons that I write so much smut. Um. But it's it's good at like sort of getting a little bit of a better understanding of the characters you're writing for fan fiction or for you know because I'm I I don't know I'm trying to think how my like one off stories like the the erotic masculinization series or the forced masculinization series um affect my normal writing and I would say by way of letting me be weird about gender um in a way that I can then take like into my fiction and my like weird nonfiction rambling and sort of explore in a little more of an academic context. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can sort of like the, the kinds of power and the kinds of like um, relationships that you kind of like create out of these, you can sort of like desexualize them or, or, or maybe de-eroticize them and, and carry those sorts of thinkings and, that sort of thinking and feeling and stuff like that into um into nonfiction writing or not nonfiction into non 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 smut writing um, at least that's been my experience I've like uh written stuff that started off as like smut and then um taken the sex out and just done like characters um and vice versa, I've like taken characters from like non smut stuff that I've written and made it smutty. Um, both are fun. Both are good. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, there's also the extent to which like it allows you to, rather than like de-eroticizing your erotic writing, um, you know, like seeing the erotic and like the everyday and like, you know, using like the kind of like loving language that you would use to describe like 
you know what's happening in a sex scene to maybe describe something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so it's it's sort of a give and take, I guess, um, from both kinds of writing. Like they're, they, I, I guess they're more connected than I realized. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's interesting. That's fun. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. We're coming up on the hour mark. Um, are there any like sort of final thoughts? Anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Um. um... I think we went over just about everything. Um, I, the one of the main things I want to say is like this absolutely um, owes a lot to like the kind of things that people who write force femme fantasize about. Um, so I I don't really know what that says about it. Um, I just think it's an important connection to make. Like this is not happening in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, did you did you read like a lot of Force Femme when you were like kind of preparing to like? Well, I guess you said that you were like, sort of like, yeah, like existing in like that kind of like, trans mask Force Femme. Um, it's more that it's like something I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um, and part of it is part of it's the trans mask Force Femme. Um, part of it is like it's just sort of something I've run into in the past um it's hard to be like online enough and not stumble onto someone's like um sorry i'm hesitating because i don't want to say sissy hypno um but <laughs> there's no reason not to um so, like onto someone's sissy hypno blog and like scrolling for a while out of curiosity you know you know it's okay like i i don't have anything against sissy hypno as like a thing but you know how some people are like really bothered by the word moist yeah that's how, that's how i feel about the phrase to see hypno i'm just yes like, <laughs> just like you know, like i'm like you do you but like could there could we find a better word for this like can we call it something else yeah yeah um and yeah i guess um beyond that um i just i think it's cool that i've gotten like a decent response to my writing i think it's cool that people read it um and if anyone, yeah, yeah I, I guess I'm just trying to say, like, the market is out there. If anyone else has been like, I would write this, but I don't know who the fuck would read it. The answer is some people. I'll put a, I'll put a link to your writing in the episode description. Um, I assume that's OK. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I'll put a link to your writing. Um, I'm sure that there will be some people from this podcast that go and read it, um, either out of curiosity or... Uh, We'll say interest euphemistically. Um. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. This has been really interesting. Um, I've definitely learned a lot. Um, thank you to the audience for listening in. Thank you to Lynn July for providing our intro and outro music. Uh, you can check out her music at tinytachyon.bandcamp.com. There will be a link to that in the show description as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, um, donate to the Kofi, all that sort of stuff will be down in the episode description or the episode notes. Um, yeah, a final thank you to Goose. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me.